Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. This is the show where conversations save lives. And you can get in on the conversation if you email us at hope at hopenet360.com or on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. We're hanging out with you guys. And Dave, I went into a coffee shop this last week, and I got to say, I was pretty excited. I have one of these little coffee member cards, and you go in. And I buy, you know, coffee or whatever, and finally I got to the 12th one, and so that means I had a free one. And it was kind of like, I didn't have to do anything else. It was like, yes, this is perfect. And I've talked with young people who've said the same thing, that God loves me just as I am. So it doesn't really matter. I I don't have to do anything else. He can't love me anymore, and he can't love me any less. And it's kind of like I always walk with this free coffee coupon when it comes with God that I don't have to do anything else. I just come in and, and I can do what I want. I can live the way I want to. And It's very interesting that you would say that because it's, it, it is something that can be very dangerous um, to think, not because it's wrong, but because it's a mixture of wrong and right. In other words, the, the truth is this. God loves you just the way you are right now. That is true. He does. However, if somebody loves you and they actually have the ability to help you be the best you can be, he's working at that. In other words, you haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. Jeff hasn't arrived yet. So I have a lot to learn yet. I have a lot to understand in my life. I have have things that I need to see differently. I have things that I need to learn, things I don't even know about yet that that, uh, five years from now I'm going to know about. I'm in a growth process. My father, God is the one that already knows, and he's, he's the one orchestrating this growth process. So for me to say to God, well, you love me the way I am, so I don't want to ever change, I think that breaks God's heart because what we're saying is, I don't want to be everything you made me to be. I, I don't want to understand the things you want me to understand. I, I don't want to fulfill the things that you made me to fulfill. And then we wonder why we're miserable. So I don't know if that's an adequate answer or not, but but really I think it's just taking it totally out of perspective. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we're all guilty of, of doing that, living that way. Anyway, join the conversation tonight with us. We're going to talk about these two words that have been kind of ringing in my head today. Two words, profess and confess. Hmm. When you think of those words, do, are they the same thing to you? Well, no, they aren't. Like, for me, you have to understand, and you probably do, words come pretty easy. I mean, they just flow out of my mouth. And uh, believe it or not, Jeff, I have said things that I've regretted um, many times. And, and what, what I have to understand is, well, how can these words flow? Uh, even within personalities, they flow differently. Um, and more extroverted people have more 
uh, ease of flow with words, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more introverted people, they think a little bit about it. In fact, I was talking to one lady who was very introverted, and we were just talking about the blessing of her personality and that kind of thing, and I, and I really think it is a blessing. Um, but what she was amazed at was that there were people that actually would blurt things out that they did not mean. And I thought, well, yeah, that happens like all the time. <laughs> I think it's easy to profess something. I think it's harder to confess something because the confession has kind of an idea of, I own this. This is something I need to deal with. This is something that is my issue. And profession has to do with just the surface stuff, kind of protecting ourselves and not really letting people see who we are. Uh, We're a nation of professors, by the way, and when it goes, not college professors, but professors. You know, we're out there, we say a lot of things we don't mean. We we shade things, and, and we live in this pretend world. And it's very important that, that at some point we change our professions to confessions. Um, and I, I think that when we do that, we begin to uh, enable ourselves to take this step forward in good relationships with God and with each other. Does that make sense, or am I, am I confusing the water here? So what you're saying is the things that are common on the outside, even things that we speak, uh, can be professing, you know, the way I dress or the way that I act, you know, if I am violent or physically abusive to my friends, you know, and that, that kind of shows who I am. It's kind of like a profession, whereas a confession would be something more along the lines of, you know, I'm ungrateful or I am more of like, you know, from the heart kind of things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I I think a confession actually opens up a window to the soul where profession is something you do more or less to guard your soul from anyone looking in. In other words, I can use words to keep you from me. I can use words to not take responsibility for what's going on in my life. Let's use politics for an example. Uh, Really, oftentimes in politics, on a Friday afternoon, it's the low uh, time when people are into the media, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If there's a tough message that the president or the administration needs to get out, they do it Friday at 4 o'clock. In other words, what they want to do is say some words real quickly. They want everyone to forget them by Monday because everyone's busy getting ready for the weekend, 4 o'clock. You know, yeah. let's, let's get out of here. Yeah. Nobody's going to take time to analyze <laughs> it. You know, that's kind of a profession kind of thing. Uh, it's like, yeah. you know, we have to say this, so let's say it. It's kind of like this. When you were small, Jeff, did your parents ever say, go apologize to somebody? Yes. And, and then, you know, you sat there and you thought you were a good boy. He said, I'm sorry. W- were you really sorry? I don't know that I really understood the the words. Yeah, I don't think I was as a kid. It was like, go say you're sorry to your brother. (laughs) And I go, I'm sorry. How about that? (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, I profess those words. Yeah. That wasn't a confession. That was nothing. (laughs) Now, I don't blame my parents for trying to get me to be a a nice young man. (laughs) I mean, that's fine. The, The problem is, though, that I did not really confess anything. I did not say, see, when you say you're sorry to somebody, what is that really? You're admitting that I'm a fool, right. I made a mistake, right. and I hurt you, and I feel really bad and remorseful. Yeah, it's a confession Yeah, in, in, a, in a way. I mean, what you're doing is saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I personally take responsibility for what happened to you, and, you know, or what you understood, whatever it might be, and I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a confession. A profession is, I'm sorry, I hope that's okay. You know, that's different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both of them are the same words. One of them actually has power, and one of them is destructive. I think one's more sincere than the other one. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and it really allows us to position ourselves so that, that we can actually have relationships that are repaired. I, I guarantee you, when I was a kid and I told my brother, I'm sorry, because my mom made me on the way out, I stuck my tongue out at him and, and, and he did back. So, you know, nothing was resolved there hmm. because I said, I'm sorry. In fact, I just thought, well, I'm going to do this to avoid getting punished anymore. And that became a profession. Uh, and I think people do that with God, Jeff. I think, I think what happens is people start professing things that they've heard. You know, God, you know, I need this, I need that. I'm, I'm, I'm a, they, they might even say I'm a terrible person and I need, you know, for my sin, whatever. And, th- and at the end, they stick their tongue out and God walk out. I mean, it's like, no, I'm going through all this ritual stuff. I'm saying everything I should say, but it's powerless. Mm. And, and I think the reason it's powerless is because it's a profession. It's not a confession. Yeah. And, and I think there's people listening to us today that have really tried this religious routine, if you want to call it, or, or Christian routine, or whatever you want to call it, and, and, and tried to profess and tried to say things that they're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they, they don't have any power with it. And they're saying, well, I tried that. You know, I, I said the right words. I stood up. I sat down. I confessed things in church. Well, maybe you didn't confess anything. Maybe you just professed things. And, and when you profess things, it doesn't mean what you professed is wrong. It just means that it's really not something you own. It's just anybody can state anything about anything, yeah. you know, at, at any given time. Mm-hmm. And and that doesn't mean you own it. It just means you've made a statement. And and we need to get back to where. And I think this program we can talk about uh, the importance of this honesty and confession, and see how that is such a healing and freeing thing uh, to have. And I hope we can bring that uh, very clear to our listeners today. Yeah, I think confession is kind of a lost art. It's a lost part of our culture. I think we've become such a prideful people. And I don't know. I hope you disagree with me. I'd love to hear from you guys tonight as we're talking about these two words. What do you guys think is the difference between confession and profession? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Email us at hope at hopenet360.com and connect with us there. We're going to pick up this conversation and talk a little bit more about these two words and how they actually fit in today's world, given everything we have, the media and everything else. So we're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW with you tonight. We're glad that you have joined us here on the show. Anytime during our conversation, connect with us at hope at HopeNet360.com. That's our email. You can also jump on Facebook and Twitter. You guys know that. Uh, thank you guys so much for subscribing to our podcast. If you guys listen during the week, make sure you share it with your friends. We are on iTunes on our HopeNet Radio and on our website, HopeNet360.com. And that's where it's all at. And we would love for you to join the conversation tonight. We're talking about two distinct words that sound similar but actually mean at least a subtle difference, and I think they play a a bigger role. I wish they'd play a bigger role in our modern-day culture. It seems like we've lost... We've really lost the idea of confession in our culture, but we have a lot of people who profess things in their life. And for me, I'm not a professing radio DJ. That's really not who I am, but you could call me a DJ, I guess. And Dave, you could be known as someone who is a Bible camp director, but I don't know if that's necessarily who you are by your confession, but profession, you know, we oftentimes put on this facade of who we are. So we're kind of just, we're talking about these two words, and I think we've kind of lost 
one of them in the mix of the other one when it comes to what our profession is. In our culture, uh, people judge other people or classify them according to the sound bites they hear. Hmm. You know, I mean, we're very quick to to come up with a uh, an evaluation. For example, if when someone asks me what I do for a living, it's kind of a hard thing to answer because you know I do radio with you, I do radio and stand up for the truth at times. I do um, I do radio on another uh, station with a, a little ten minute program. I I run a camp. I teach at a Bible school. You know, what do I do? Uh, I guess I <laughs> teach the Bible. That's really what I do. Mm-hmm. So. But but really, you can throw any of those at me, and I would say, yep, that's what I do. So it's kind of hard. What, what's interesting is when you're talking about profession or confession, for some reason, you know, Jeff, my mind went to politics. Oh, no. <laughs> in, in an honest way, I must admit that when I hear a politician talking about any given issue, I think it's a profession to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. not sure they actually believe what they're saying. And, and, and you know what? I'm, for all the politicians listening, I'm not trying to beat you up. This is my honest thought process when I go through it. It's like a politician is talking about some issue. I honestly do not think that, oh, they really care about that issue. You know, it's like, no, that's what they have to say at this point. And, and again, it's kind of like force, having your parents force you to say you're sorry. I think those are, are professions. I mean, you get out there and you say, here's, here's what you know, I stand for, blah, 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 whatever it is. And, and then they get into office and they don't vote that way and they don't do those things. And you go, wait a minute, there's something not connecting between this profession and, and the way things really are. Yeah. And I think that that causes a lot of angst in people, uh, even personally it does. I mean, if I, if I keep saying things like, let's say this, uh, you know, I might go around and say, God really loves me. God really loves me. Now, I could be professing that. But what if in my heart, Jeff, I believe that he doesn't? And I've said that over and over again. <laughs> I think you're you know? confused. <laughs> well, I am. And not only that, I, I down the road, I crash and burn. Yes. Be, because I, I have never said to somebody, it would be a lot healthier if I could come to you, Jeff, and we're just having dinner sometime. And I, I look at you and say, Jeff, you know, I'm just really struggling with whether I believe in God or not hmm. and whether he really loves or not. Yeah. Now I have a basis for which to get a discussion going and, I, and actually find out truth. But if I look at you and in my heart, I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if God is real, but in my words, I'm saying, oh, God is real, man. You got to understand that because I know that's what you want to hear. I know the environment I'm in. That's what they want to hear. And so I just say the professing thing, mm-hmm. but I don't go to the confessing thing where I say, I, I'm just not sure that I believe that. When I get to the point where I can switch over to the confession from the profession, then I am in a position actually where I can find truth and I can be set free. And I think that's extremely important to understand. Um, in Titus 1, uh, 16, there's a verse there, and, and we've talked about this verse. It's very powerful. It says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. Interesting. They profess. There are people out there today, there are people all through history that have professed to know God, but did not know him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why through the Bible, it tells us that you'll know God. I mean, we know those who know God by their fruits in their life. And, and that's important to understand. What, what are the fruits? Those are the things that just happen because of, of the inputs in our life. When you think of a fruit tree, uh, this is the time of year, you know, my, our fruit trees have blossomed and, and now they're, they're growing fruit of sorts. And the funny thing is I can't go out to that fruit tree and, and demand something. I can't like pull on the apples to get them bigger. I can't massage the apples to get them bigger. What, what's going to happen is the, the apple tree will have fruit on it if... The apple tree has absorbed nutrients, has absorbed sunlight, 
mm-hmm. and, and it has, you know, the leaves and the temperatures are right and everything. So when the environment is conducive for fruit, that apple tree doesn't even work at producing the fruit. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. It, it's, it's a byproduct of that. Yeah. What it does work at is chlorophyll and sun and carbon dioxide changing at the sugar. What it does work on is getting environmentally where it belongs. You, you look at a tree sometimes. The, the tree will grow towards the sun. You know, the, the branch will go wild towards an opening where the sunlight is coming. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because it, it understands. Now, yes, I know. Please don't write me about trees having brains and understanding. But <laughs> the, it, what it does, it's, it's going towards this basic principle of life. I need to put myself in an environment where the fruit can be realized. Yeah. And when, when, this, when we are told in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, love, all that stuff, you know, people say, well, I'm just going to go out there and be joyful and loving. And no, that's the wrong end that you're working on. Mm-hmm. The, the right end is to start with the, believe it or not, it's to start with, are you in a position to absorb the things that will give you fruit? That you, you know, nailed in other words, it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there truth in your life? Yeah. That's, that's important. Um, how do you know it's truth or not? You know, what, here's how you know. If you're lacking joy, peace, that kind of stuff, if you're lacking the fruits of the Spirit, well, then I would say if you're trying to just grab those, it's not going to happen. It's wax fruit. You, you mm-hmm. need to go and adjust what's going into the system. And, and that's what we're talking about here. A profession is not really dealing with what the issues are. It's just stating the issues. Mm-hmm. A confession begins to deal with the issues. So I can look at an apple tree, for example, and say, that stupid apple tree. It doesn't have any apples on it. And I have one, by the way. A really healthy harvest for my apple tree is about seven apples. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, the funny thing is I go out there and I yell at the tree. I mean, all that stuff. Like, get with it, man. I want some apple. If the tree could talk back to me, it would say, why did you plant me in the middle of the national forest? <laughs> you know? I, I mean, yeah. I could use a little more sunlight here. No matter what I say to the tree, I know the problem. But you think I'm going to go inside to my wife and say, I planted that tree in the wrong spot. I need to actually get a shovel, dig it up, and move it to a different spot. See, right. now, now, that would be a confession. <laughs> and and yes. the confession would be backed up by an action. Instead, I go in and go, I don't know why a stupid tree doesn't produce. <laughs> you know? And, and what I'm doing is professing. It's a stupid tree. It doesn't produce. I, I'm just professing things. That's not going to fix anything. Mm-hmm. What's going to fix something is I planted the tree in a wrong spot. I need to get a shovel and move it. And when I take care of what the issues really are, the tree will bear fruit. I mean, it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And I think that our, our listeners need to understand that. In your life right now, if you're, you're really discouraged, you're down, you're feeling like life is meaningless, and you're numb, you've got walls up, and you're, you're lonely, you know, those aren't fruits of the Spirit. I would encourage you to um, actually go to HopeNet360.com and, and talk to a life coach there. I really would at this point. I, I would encourage you to find somebody who actually loves God that's older than you that you can talk to and begin a process of sorting out the difference between profession and confession. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm not talking, Jeff, to just those who you know, are, are, are obviously uh, uh, d- disturbed today and destroyed. I'm talking to those who are in the church right now even that are acting and professing, but inside yeah. they're feeling mm-hmm. um, like this is all a game. Mm-hmm. They need to go to the Hope Line. Uh, they need to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach as well. So I guess I'm encouraging people. Profession is great. It just doesn't go anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Confession actually talks about truth and is tied to action of some sort that will actually lead you to some healing. I'm glad you said that. I think the two can be positive. We've been taking a lot of time in, in saying that profession is a negative thing. And profession is only what we put on the outside. And, you know, the things that we say, you know, how we act, what people can see, you know, physically. And the confession part of it is a little bit different. It'd be if I said I'm an apple tree, that'd be my profession. But my confession would be I have no apples this year. Or some of you are athletes. So some of you are football players. You, you say I'm a football player. The reality is I'm a terrible receiver. I might be a good defensive end, but I'm a terrible receiver. So there's a difference there. I hope you understand the difference there between the confession and the profession part of it. And I think as we continue to go into this, the main thing is to get those two things to line up where what's on the outside matches what's on the inside and vice versa. So we're going to pick this conversation up when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Confession and Profession. And how these two line up. DW, Jeff, your host tonight. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. Email us your thoughts at hope at hopenet360.com. Dave, I got to say, as we're talking about this, you know, we've taken profession and confession. These two concepts, profess and confess, and we've been spending a lot of time on the negative side of professing as if, you know, everything we do on the outside is just, it's wrong or it doesn't. It doesn't exactly say who we are, and that very well could be true. One of the arguments that I hear from some people about why they don't go to church or why they don't even want to do with Christianity is because they see a ton of hypocrites in the church. And so they feel like, why go somewhere where there's a bunch of people who put on a face? And it's you know it's, it can be a valid argument, but I think, Dave, sometimes this argument is not looked at across the board when it comes to humanity and it comes to people in general. We tend to profess things that really don't match up with the things that we confess or that we would confess uh, from the inside. Don't you agree? Oh, man, yeah. You know what? You're my friend, Jeff. So so let's say that that um, you and I were talking, people know we're friends, and uh, one day you're you know walking around camp here and you see a chipmunk and you pick up a rock and you pitch it at the chipmunk and kill it and you, you chuckle, you know, mm-hmm. and... And um, I, I wasn't around. You're just kind of entertaining yourself. And and so pretty soon, um, some of the young people that I'm talking to won't talk to me anymore. And and I finally grab and say, what's the deal here? Well, you know what? You and Jeff talk about being loving people. And uh, Jeff threw a rock and hit a chipmunk and giggled. And I think, well, did you talk to Jeff about it? I mean, I'm not Jeff. Why are you shutting me out of your life? What, just because I'm friends with him? You know, I mean, you're throwing a rock at a chipmunk has nothing to do with me. Nothing. Nothing at all. It has nothing to do with my character. It has nothing to do with, you know, it's kind of like a, um, sometimes a, you know, there could be a, a guy that goes to jail sometime and people look at his parents and think, what bad people you are. You know, that's not true. It's not the parents who did whatever. It's the child that did whatever, whatever right. age he is. And, right. You know, for... For God to tell me all kinds of things through the Bible and for other people, and me to ignore God, but to still say I'm one of his children, but I'm really not because I profess that I am, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, and then to have people say, well, I reject God because you said you were from God and you're not. I mean, how much sense does that make anyway? I mean, it's not it's not fair to humans. It's certainly not fair mm-hmm. to God. So I, I just don't think it makes any sense. And, and that that's kind of a convenient excuse for somebody to throw out of their mouth at somebody, but. 
Yeah, and for the record, I did see a chipmunk this morning. I did not throw a rock at it, and I, I actually do like chipmunks as long as they don't come and you know bite my knees off or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. If they're biting your knees off, man, you better do something because that's a big chipmunk. I know. Then he's invading yeah. my space, and then I get angry, yeah. and, and, yeah, and uh, something needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it is interesting. I we do have uh, as people, we are associated with the people we hang with. I mean, yes, we understand we that. We are influenced by the people we hang with. I understand that. Um, the, the, the unfair thing is when we determine that everybody within a group is identical in their thought process and how they work. And even mm-hmm. in a family. I mean, you don't know that a parent isn't working with somebody in their family about some issue that they're dealing with because it's private. And you don't know yeah. what's going on there. And, the, and a parent may disagree totally with what a child's doing. Mm-hmm. But, but then we assume that the parent is just like the child or a brother is just like the brother. You know, not true. They're very different. And yeah. and we need to understand that. And God is God regardless of what Dave Wager does. I could be the biggest jerk today in the world. And I can even claim that I am a big jerk in God's name or something. And that doesn't change God. That just means that I'm out there saying things that aren't true and doing something I shouldn't be doing. And I think it's extremely important to um, to grab a hold of that and be able to say, okay, you know, God is God regardless of what Dave Wager does. Regardless of his yeah. good or bad or ugly, God is mm-hmm. still God. And get to know him. And I would appreciate it if somebody got to know me and, and didn't determine who I was by my daughters or my wife or my associates. I, I would really appreciate it if they got to know me. And, and that's different. And I think that's a valid uh, thought process then. One confession that would be really important to make. I mean there's a lot of different things that I think we need to confess as individuals, as people in general, but the reality, I don't know if you ever feel this way, Dave, but you can profess, you know, I'm Jeff Stroman. Um, I don't always like myself. Right. I don't always like the person that I am because I know I'm my own worst critic when it comes to it. And, and I'll be upfront and honest about that. And, and that's what this show is really all about. You know, think of, think of people in your life. If you can pick out probably on the number of fingers or toes that you have, how many guys would be willing to get in front of a microphone or just go public with the fact that they're not perfect and what's going on inside doesn't always match what's going on outside and even vice versa. And so we're working through these things as us guys. Dave, I know you've gone through a lot of things. You're probably further down the road than I am. I, I feel the same way though too. There are some times where the outside, what I profess, doesn't always match the inside and what I would confess and some of that comes down to, in our culture, we, we tend to be prideful people. We, we really do. We pride ourselves in the things that we have and the, the, the status that we have and, and just our, our outward appearance so much. And we've really lost this art of confession. You know, the, the profession would be, I'm a Christian. And the confession would be, I struggle with doubt a lot. Or I struggle with depression a lot. Or I struggle with addictive behaviors a lot. And some of us need to get to that point where we recognize that, yeah, I can say one thing, but what's going on on the outside is not matching what is going on on the inside. And we need to get to that point. And that's why we have these coaches available to talk to is because this can be an anonymous place where you can just say, hey, I'm putting out this, but this is really what's going on inside in my heart. And you need to have those people in your life. And Dave, I can, I can just imagine you needed those people when you were younger. I know I needed those people when I was younger because I was having trouble trying to fit this outward appearance to what's going on on the inside and try to keep those things lined up. And it seemed sometimes that was just impossible. Yeah, you know, I need those people now, Jeff, as well. I mean, we, we love to put ourselves in a position where, where we believe lies. And, and that's really satanic in my 
understanding. Satan is really good at lies. I mean, mm-hmm. he's so good at it. He makes the lie believable, and that's what's tough. It's really helpful to have someone from the outside. The honest truth, Jeff, is, you know, I'm a leader of a lot of different ministries. I don't think I'm a very good leader. You know, I mean, that's what I think. And, and I can tell people why. And every once in a while, an older leader has to come and straighten me out and say, no, you know, let me tell you what I see. Let me, let me help you here. But, but what happens is the way that I fight discouragement isn't by pretending that everything I do is right. The, the way I fight discouragement is by telling people what I'm really thinking. But telling those people that actually I can trust and that love me and that you know, they know what to do with the information that I give them. Uh, the Bible tells us that we don't cast our pearls before swine. That's, a, that's an e- interesting statement. But if you know anything about pigs, and we, we have some here, and I'm telling you, you don't want to put anything in front of them. <laughs> because, you know, they step on it and they eat it. They snort it around. They, they eventually excrete it. You know, I mean, if, anything. <laughs> it, these pigs are pigs. Yes. Uh, and w- what's interesting is the Bible says, you know what? There's some very valuable information that you have about yourself. Do not share that with people who will eat it and excrete it and do everything else to it. Don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But there are people that when you share the truth with, they actually care about you and what's right and, and will help you have another perspective. If you don't have people in your life like that, that's where you go to HopeNet360.com, talk to a life coach there. I mean, that's what you can do. Mm-hmm. But, but you should have people in your life like that. You should be a person to others. So when I'm feeling discouraged, Jeff, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing or whatever else, there's people I talk to. And I tell them that. I say, you know what, I don't feel, you know what, sometimes they just smile at me because in the long run they're saying, boy, you're doing this, 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 this. How in the world do you feel that way? You know, after a while I, I get my, per, my perspective back to where it belongs. Otherwise I start going the other way where it's a pity party for me. Yep. And I can profess, yes, I do these things. I'm in charge of this. I can do that. I can do that. That's a profession. The, the confession for me is I don't feel adequate to do this. Hmm. You know, I, I don't feel adequate to do that. Yeah. Okay, now we can we can go somewhere and actually enjoy the whole process. I'll never forget the story that Todd shared, and some of you have been asking where Todd's been, and they have a lot of camps going on up at Silver Birch Ranch, and so unfortunately Todd's not always able to be here every single week, but he'll hopefully be back again soon. But he shared this story about this farmer, guy that owned a farm. I don't know if he necessarily was a farmer, but this guy drove past a barn and saw these arrows shot right in the exact middle of bullseye of a target, and so eventually the guy had to stop and go and ask the person, you know, what's what's up with this? You're a really good shot, you know. And and uh, we shared this story a few weeks back, and and uh, it was it really came down to what this person had done was shot the arrows into the barn, and then they painted the bullseye around it. And you know, we live in such a culture where we do this all the time. We really want to make ourselves look good because our culture. I think of that famous quote. I don't know where it's from, Dave. Maybe you can quote it better than I can, or give the source on it. But we can't handle the truth. As a society, and I think it's a bigger problem, we just we can't always handle the truth. And the truth is some of these these confessions, you know, that maybe I'm not a good shot. I'm not someone that can hit the bullseye 10 times out of 10 or 100 times out of 100 or 1,000 times out of 1,000. I mean, I might get lucky here and there, but I might also really mess up. And I think our, as a society, we're not prepared for the truth. So we're going to pick up this conversation in the second half of the show. Remember to email us your thoughts to hope at hopenet360.com. Jump on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you guys there. And in the second half of HopeNet Radio coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at hopenet360.com. 
It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad that you've joined us on the show. Make sure to connect with us at hope at hopenet360.com. That's our email address. And you can also jump on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. Our conversation tonight has been around these two words, confess and profess. And we spent a lot of time discussing the definitions of these words and kind of going around and, and figuring out the difference between them because sometimes we use these two words interchangeably, but really what it comes down to is what we profess is on the outside. It's what we say. It's what we believe. We share our thoughts, our ideals, our goals, you know, these sorts of things as, you know, who we are. It also pertains to what we do. So us guys, when we get out of college or wherever we're at and we, we have identity built in and, and we're trying to tell people what we do or who we are based on really what our job is or what our title is. So it's what we profess. It's what we put on the outside. What we confess is what we admit to. It's what we say about ourselves. And it's also really how we define who we are more from the inside. So if you missed the first half, make sure to catch the podcast later tonight at hopenet360.com or on iTunes. Subscribe there. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you want to hear us talk about different topics, get connected with us. We would love to hear from you tonight. So DW, I'm just, I love our conversation. I think we've, we've really opened up a pretty broad range of things. And I think of young people all the time. And we were talking in the break a little bit about young people that we've talked to or we've had experience with uh, when it comes to how they view themselves. And I've talked to young guys and young girls who have, they've put on a facade on the outside of who they want to be portrayed as. They profess something, but they've, they've said it's, it's really not who they are. You know, this. I think of a young girl who dresses provocatively, who wants attention from guys, but on the on the inside, what she's saying is, "I'm not really that person. That's not who I am. I just I struggle with being liked. I struggle with finding, you know, any kind of satisfaction or any kind of recognition from guys. It's really not who they are, but they don't know how else they can be viewed as as likable uh, or comfortable in who they really are. That's a struggle for every human. I don't know if I, I've shared this ever with our audience, but. Um, I played football in college, and I was a defensive end and really had some uh, very good seasons as a defensive end. Hmm. And I thought, you know, maybe one day I'll get a shot at the pros, and I never did. And that's because my profession was I'm a good football player, et cetera. The reality is, look at the numbers. I mean, (laughs) they didn't stack up. Uh, So one day, uh, many years afterwards, I was married and up here, and I was over at uh, uh, Lambeau Field walking around. It was Long ago, it was during the NFL strike. I don't know how many people remember that. Young people aren't going to remember that. But, you know, I was over there during the NFL strike. And I had my little girls with me. We were just walking around Lambeau looking at Lambeau Field. I'm a big, you know, fan. I was a kid that was one time on crutches and in wheelchairs. You know, just the idea of me playing and and walking on Lambeau. I would love to walk on the field with a Packer jersey on and just pretend like I'm somebody. You know, I mean, one of those things. And so... What, what was interesting was that I went up to whoever was around the field at that time. Was it Pack or somebody? I, I don't know who it was. And I just said, hey, you know, like, you guys are signing people to uh, come in and play. You know, I'd like to do that. <laughs> and here I met two little girls with me, et cetera. And, and whoever it was looked at me and goes, really? I said, yeah, I played in college and uh, quite good. You know I mean? Quite good. <laughs> and, and so the, the guy looked at me and, and just said, so what college? I said, well, Wheaton College, you know, all, immediately Division three, small, small school, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I know what to do. You know, I mean, I know what to do here. In what position? Uh, defensive end. Now, you know, Jeff, I'm 200 pounds, and, and I was a defensive end. Mm. You know, this didn't work right away. 
Um, yeah. If I were like a, a safety or something, he might have looked at me. Mm-hmm. But a defensive end, he looked at me funny. And then he goes, so what was your 40 time? I said, but I was blazing, man. You know, I think it was like 5-1, something like that. <laughs> you know. It's and, decent. Um, it, is, it is decent, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so eventually, you know what? He just looked at me and said, you know what? You're too old and you're too slow. And actually, you're overweight. <laughs> and I thought, thanks. <laughs> Not thanks. <laughs> You know, the, the truth of the matter is, Jeff, I knew that before I went there. You know, yeah. I, I mean, if, if I were to look at the, the, the real me, um, I, met, I know some guys that play professional football. Boy, they're good athletes. You know, they, they are in a different league than I was. Yeah. And, but I, I just wanted to, perf- I wanted somebody to believe I could do this. In my heart, I knew I'd get killed. Mm-hmm. My wife, of course, when I told her, was totally embarrassed. I got my daughters there. But, but I'm thinking, really, you know what my goal was? To get a practice jersey and walk on the field. I mean, <laughs> that was the goal. I know that I'd get cut like the first play, but I, you know, I wanted to profess something. Uh, I don't know how many young guys, you know, will go out there and, and tell a professional, "Yeah, I played." You know, I, I'm good. And you know, really, the truth of the matter is, you're not that good. Um, you, you didn't make professional, so mm-hmm. the, the, only the real elite do that. And by the way, that's not a cut on you. It isn't. Mm-hmm. What, what's going to happen is you keep pretending you're better than you are. You pretend you're somebody you're not. And I think that has to do with, I want to profess or portray or dress, like you said, with this girl, a way that I'm really not. And that will cause misery in life. Um, I, I worked with a young man once who was very introverted. And, and nothing wrong. I love introverts. If you have an introverted personality and you feel there's something wrong with you, you've been listening to lies. That's mm-hmm. not true. And, and, and what's interesting here, though, is this young man came to me one day and he said, you know, Dave, I'm never going to really find a girlfriend. All the extroverts get girlfriends, and I would like to have a girlfriend someday. And, and I mean, he's in college, and I thought, okay, that's a reasonable request. And, uh, but, but I said, you know, here's the problem with that. You are who you are, and, and what you need to do is be the best at who you are, not, not be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, he did not listen to me, Jeff, and, and it's, it, was, it got really funny. I mean, here he was, very extroverted. And, and he would come over to my house, and I'd have a bunch of students there, you know, and we'd be doing something. And all of a sudden, he'd flip into an extrovert mode, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he would just go nuts on the extrovert side. And I'm telling you something. It wasn't done well, and, and, and it was embarrassing. And so I'd meet with him after, and I'd say, you know, what'd you do this for? I mean, that's not who you are. Yeah. And not only that, it made you look silly in, in the process, because you don't know how to be an extrovert. Well, he just disagreed with me, and he kept trying. And, I, and you know, what I saw was everybody run away from this boy. You know, mm-hmm. because he was trying to be somebody he wasn't. Yeah. And and I tell you, I, I wish that was an isolated case. But almost everyone that's listening has a point in life where they would say, I tried to be somebody I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's on the outside. Uh, what I want, what I wanted this young man to do is say, I am an introvert. I was made by God. He didn't make a mistake. Let's see how this personality is used in, in a way that, you know, he would use it. Now he would be okay. That's, that's the difference between a profession and confession sometimes. Um, and, and the profession isn't necessarily, uh, you can say things like I just did. I mean, introvert, extrovert, that's a profession. That's positive. I'm just saying that's how that is. When, it, when you take ownership of something and you say Dave Wager is a guy who is actually underweight mm-hmm. for defensive end, probably overweight when it comes to muscle because uh, I have too much fat. You know, I mean, I don't have yep. enough muscle. I, I'm too slow and I'm too old. See, that's not cutting me down at this point. That is just saying you are not going to play. I keep teasing my wife, though. I, I have one year of eligibility left in college. I keep threatening to use it. 
And, and she keeps laughing at me. Like, yeah, right. Somebody's going to want you for sure. You know, it's like, you never know. I, I still got a year left. I, I could go back and play a year. So, um, nice. you know, that that's just, I believe lies, Jeff. And, and I'm not going to be a better person for believing lies. And it's good I have my wife around to say, that was a lie. You know, yeah. I mean, let's get back to reality here. <laughs> well, and that's that was the question that I had was, you know, I don't think our society is always ready for the truth. And, and I think sometimes, you know, when it comes to truth, when it comes to really being who we are, I think that's where our natural tendency is to just kind of be, you know, a little bit closed a little bit. Even the most extroverted person can have that shell kind of a mentality where they just not sure if I want to come out of my shell. There's just kind of that like protective and it's probably a good thing that we have, but there's just that protective side where we're like, I don't know if people are going to accept me for who I am just on my yeah. own. And you know what? That, that's for reason. Um, I, I think that there needs to be on both sides um, some education that's done, that, that, that those that are extroverted have a hard time understanding the introverts, and those who are introverted actually have a hard time understanding extroverts. And really, the body of Christ principle needs to kick in there. We, we are mm-hmm. all a part of the body of Christ. The knee does not need to understand the, the knuckle. I mean, it doesn't need to. It, mm-hmm. But we do need to all be subject to the brain and encourage each other to be the best we can be at what we are. Mm-hmm. And I think when we get that understanding, that's where we'll see some of those things like bullying. You know, bullying is a big topic we talk about, especially in schools and public schools today. Bullying takes different forms in different ways. But a lot of it, uh, again, a lot of our problems that we face today is just a lack of understanding, a lack of real, true depth and understanding. And I think confession is a big part of how we get understanding from one another, a mutual understanding, a way that we can respect each other. So we're going to discuss a little bit more of this, you know, get back to the confession and profession and really how we match those things up and go to some of what the Bible says, what God actually says about these things, because God, I, I think God believes that we can not do it ourselves, but these two things can align and work together. And that's what we're going to discuss as we wrap up the show tonight. If you need to chat with a live coach, there's a live coach right now available to talk at HopeNet360.com. We'll take your emails at Hope at HopeNet360.com and your Facebook posts and more when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, we're chatting about confession and profession. And again, Dave, sometimes I'm just, I'm floored at some articles and, and some news that I come across as far as young people go. And it's not always this way. There are a lot of young people today who are doing great things, who are trying to be heroes in their community, in their schools, um, and they want to do good things. They do great things. There's a lot of young people that do great things. But I found another headline that was just – it was startling to me, and it was kind of a little bit telling maybe of our young people, uh, a young man in Minnesota who just struggled uh, with some things, and it was just discovered that he had some explosives, and he was planning on executing this massive attack against his school and, and classmates and family and and yet this wasn't a person who seemed like he was totally distraught that like people thought was you know one of those hot button kids that had an anger issue he was kind of like he was a normal good kid you know did things right he he had a good family and just something in there maybe it was curiosity maybe it was you know something deeper but just felt like you know man something's just not right here and uh and it was discovered and now there's you know this whole process and and uh you know, he's just in this this hot water, and it was kind of like one decision that led to another decision that I don't know where it starts from, but 
what are your thoughts in this in reading this story, Dave? You know what? I, working with thousands of young people, here's here's what I think is is somewhat normal. Um, people begin to quietly believe that there's something wrong with them, mm. uh, and Satan's really good at that. Uh, whether it be like the last segment we talked about, an introvert feeling very bad about being an introvert, you know, because the extroverts get attention, and and what happens is eventually you start to feel like there's something wrong with you. And and if you're not in an environment where you can talk about that, if you're not in a place where you can tell somebody, I, I feel badly about who I am, uh, then you are not in a place where you can confess what you're actually thinking. Instead, you profess something, you act like somebody you're not. And again, we talk about how unhealthy that is. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a lack of healthy habits catches up with you. In other words, I can eat sugar now and I can eat sugar tomorrow, but if I keep eating piles of sugar every day, eventually that's going to catch up with me. Yeah. You might be able to smoke a cigarette today and not die of lung cancer, you know, but, but after years of doing that, you can die of lung cancer. So, you know, it, it's like, well, you know, this isn't really affecting me. It is, and it will. So when we are people who feel like there's something wrong with us, one of the things that we have to do is ask, okay, is there really something wrong with me? For example, I'll use myself for an example. Is there something wrong with Dave Wager? Yes, I am a sinful person, and I love to have the world focus on Dave Wager. And when that happens, I'm kind of miserable to be around. All right. Hmm. Now, I said that, Jeff. Do you no longer like me? I like you a little bit less. No, I don't. I I still like you. Yeah, see, when you're around people who actually understand life and understand God and understand the Bible, that is not something that drives them away. That is actually something that drives them to you in the sense that they feel like, okay, at this point, I am a different voice. Now, my wife and I, I found this interesting in marriage. You know, when we go through situations, like when my dad died or whatever it might be, you know, she's the one that can carry me at certain times. And then the next day I need to carry her kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's part of relationships. Not everybody is always up, if you want to call it that. Yep. And, and what's interesting is I need to be able to tell her. I went to a doctor's appointment the other day, and um, I, many of our listeners know I, I have a, a, a condition called narcolepsy, and I went to my narcolepsy doctor, <laughs> and I didn't really get the news I wanted to get, to be honest. And I walked away from there, and I was all by myself, and I stopped and I texted my wife, and I said, I do not feel good about the diagnosis. That's all I said to her. She understood. There was something about being able to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about being able to be honest about it and say, I, you know, I don't want to pretend that I, I really enjoy that diagnosis. I don't want to pretend that I enjoy that I have to take new medicine. I don't want to pretend that. I really think it stinks, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting is she didn't jump off a bus, throw me under a bus or anything. I mean, it's like, you know what, Dave, I understand that. And let's talk about, again, who God is and how he made you. And as soon as we started talking truth, I was okay. You know, I mean, it, I didn't have to pretend something. And, and for a moment there, you know, Jeff, just for a moment, I felt like, you know what, I, this lady married a, a defective bag, you know. <laughs> I, I cannot be everything I should be. Right. And, and so I had to tell her I felt that way. It's important that I tell her when I feel that way. Because what she does is give me this little smile, you know, like, no, I understand. <laughs> but it's not true, by the way. Yeah. You know how important it is for me to hear at that moment? Because I'm actually beginning to believe lies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what I think this young man who really getting arrested, if he could have come to somebody earlier and said, I think there's something not right about the way I'm thinking. Yep. 
that's why I want to encourage our listeners. If you're if you're listening today and and honestly you're sitting here saying, you know what, really down deep, I feel like there's something wrong with me that I'm that you know, we we had a uh, my wife and I were talking to a young lady and um this young lady I, I finally asked her, I said, So do you feel like there's something that just isn't right and something very wrong with you about the way you are? And she looked at me and said, Yes. And and immediately I said do you know my wife, and, and she was there with me, I said, do you know that she feels that way too? And and immediately my wife started talking and say, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and this girl was shocked. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? That was so valuable for her to see mm-hmm. that somebody who she thinks had it all together could, could come up with the answers, whatever, feels totally inadequate in certain situations. And and the reason that, that my wife can do well in those situations is because she says that. Mm-hmm. And and then I am there to, to correct with truth. And, and, and before you know it, we're back on track. I really would like our listeners who are feeling inadequate or they're feeling as if they have made too many mistakes or they maybe their personality is not what it should be. You know, you need to, you need to talk. Conversations do save lives, but honest conversations save lives, not just yes. any conversation. Yes. Honest ones do. And, and I would invite you to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach, or I would invite you to uh, email or... Uh, connect with us on, on Facebook or something so that we can begin a dialogue and help you mm-hmm. uh, uh, or somebody who loves God that's older than you go speak to them. But I would encourage you to do it in a confessing way yeah. and not a professing way. Mm-hmm. And and in that process, you will see some tremendous healing that takes place because that is the first step. If you don't do the first step, you don't go on the journey. Yeah. And, and the first step is to say, I have a problem. Um, and you may not even see it as a problem. You may say, it's not a problem. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a loser uh, kind of thing. And believe me, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. I understand the feeling of being a loser. <laughs> and if you listened to the segment before, I never even got the tryout for the Packers. I'm a loser. <laughs> I, I'm like the king loser. I, I never even played on a winning team. Uh, I mean, all my teams lost. And I'm a Chicago Cub fan. I mean, how much more of a loser can somebody be? You're the epitome. I am. And you know what? <laughs> you can tell, Jeff, that because I can say those things and understand and put them in perspective, it doesn't bother me. It's I mean, not who you are. It, no. It's really, it no, doesn't because I've talked it through. Yeah. I've talked it through with people. Yeah. And I realize that's not what makes a winner, you know? And, and, and it's very important that I've been able to have that dialogue yeah. through the years. And now I'm on the other side of it so I can talk to people and have that experience of going through being a, quote, loser Knowing that really I'm not, that was my own, that was Satan trying to trip me up. Yep. You know, in this, in our society, we do need to confess some things. And it's not even, it's not always just about confessing, but I think one of the things that we do on this show is we create space to confess things openly and honestly. I think we want to foster an environment, especially in your family. So parents who are listening, teens, young adults who are listening, you guys, we set up the table and we give you guys the opportunity now to be a little vulnerable. And what it takes is a little bit of guts. It takes, you know, a little bit of respect. You know, some of these things aren't going to be comfortable to hear, um, but we need to approach them with humility. 
And we also need to approach them in light of what is really true. See, someone can come to you and say, I feel worthless, or I, I feel like I, I don't know how to handle my unforgiveness or my bitterness. And someone will just say, you know, naturally that opens up a, a time where someone's like, oh yeah, I run to that and uh, let's fix it. Let's make it better. And, and some of the things that we say, though, also give a false sense of hope. And real hope can only come from the word of God because, again, that, that to us is the standard of what truth really is because we can come up with good humanistic thoughts that are going to propel somebody through difficult times. But when it comes to a very difficult time in their life, if you don't have what's really true in your heart, you're going to say a lot of things and they just won't measure up. They won't, they won't really make a difference in real life as it comes. So we're going to wrap up this conversation and talk a little bit more about the confession part of it. And even to talk about what we do need to confess so we can get to that part where we realize where truth can come in and, and heal us, make us whole and complete again. When we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. The show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW wrapping up this conversation about confession and profession. And hopefully after tonight, as you go back and think about the things that we talked about, hopefully you begin to look at your life and recognize how maybe things that you've been professing have not matched up with what you would normally confess about yourself. And some of us struggle with things like insecurity that kind of keep us from being okay with who we are, you know, on the inside. And and really who we are, that needs to be defined a little bit more too because we can convince ourselves, we can live in a, a fantasy world that says, I'm okay, you know, it doesn't really matter what I do. God can't love me anymore and he can't love me any less. So it really doesn't matter what I do. So the things that I profess on the outside and the things that I do on the outside, it can match the inside. And, and really we need to dissect that a little bit more. And I encourage you tonight, if you're wrestling with that, if you're wrestling with who you are on the inside versus who you are on the outside, challenge with a live coach right now at hopenet360.com. They're there 24-7 around the clock just to talk with you and encourage you, give you some perspective. And if you, especially if you need to go more in depth with what we're talking about tonight, they're there and they're willing to talk with you about those things. So Jeff and DW with you tonight. Dave, we've been just rapping about things during the break. This is such a big topic. I think it's so, it's, it's missing in our culture, but it's also one of those when someone talks about it, it kind of gets things stirred up. Like, you know, you start thinking about ways that your life isn't matching up. You start thinking about all the ways that you're not perfect and and how you need help on the inside and and even us as adults sometimes adults are I don't say sometimes I think a lot of us adults are not always as willing to admit that we struggle with being imperfect and that we don't always do things right and we want to point the finger at somebody else. We want to point it at other people. Some would say the church is full of hypocrites, so I'm not even going to bother going to church. You know, there's some of those people out there too. And I've been one of those people at a time in my life. And, and really, I think the main thing tonight is we have to figure out what God's word says about this so we can begin to move forward and kind of heal where, we are, where we're broken in these two ways in our life. It's incredibly important that uh, we are people that are able to understand the love of God and respond to it. And the love of God is is constant. Yeah. He wants what's best for us, and he knows what it is. And responding to it simply means acknowledging what the truth is. He already knows the truth. He loves us. He already knows us. And we need to acknowledge it. When we acknowledge it, lies and deception no longer grab us and control us. But the truth does. And that's why the Bible says that the truth sets you free. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to encourage our listeners. You know, it, it's very important that you have an outlet for truth. 
that you discover it, that you that you ask for outside advice, that you look at your life. If you are seeing the fruit of misery and despair, if you if you're seeing that, if you are thinking uh, thoughts of I'm not adequate or ever, please take the time to start looking at what God says about you in the Scripture, or getting somebody older in your life that can help you see what the Scriptures say, or go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach. Either way, you're starting a discussion and then have an honest discussion, and that honest discussion will set you free. I love honesty. I, I, I have seen it thousands of times, I'll bet. And that might be an exaggeration, but I've seen it so many times where somebody just starts saying what they're really thinking, the honest part, and I see them become free because they are beginning to talk about things now in a way that Satan can no longer grip them. And Satan cannot handle truth. He just cannot handle it. When I come and say that I am inadequate, that I'm sinful, that God loves me, Satan leaves me alone. He says, yeah, I can't do anything with that. You know, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, Jeff, if somebody comes up to me and, and they're a good athlete or something and, and, I'm, and I'm not, you know, a good basketball player, and, and they say, and say, boy, you're not very good at basketball, I get to say, no, I'm not. You know what happens? Nobody ever makes fun of me then or anything. It's like, I just said the truth. You know, why would you go to somebody and say, ha, ha, you're not very good at basketball? You know, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I already told you I wasn't. You know, in fact, they pity me. Leave him alone when he goes up for a layup. You know, he's not that good, you know, kind of thing. That's okay. The, the truth of the matter is I, I need to own the truth. I need to have it a part of my life. And boy, do I feel free when I do that. Nobody can get me, um, even as we run a ministry. You know what? Our books are open. People can see our finances. What I find is that the truth sets you free. There's no way that you want to hide anything. Here, take a look at this. Take a look at that. Now it's free. Take a look at my personality. Yes, I can do this, this, yes, but take a look at the truth, and the truth sets me free. God knows what he's saying in his word. We need to listen. I just I was looking in the Bible to try to figure out what God says about confessing, and I, I can really only find two different examples of what God's word says that we need to confess, and I think these are two very key starting points. It's going to open the door up for a lot of different conversations to happen in your life, maybe confessions of different things, but first things first— you know, we have to recognize that we have a problem with sin. We we really have a problem doing things the wrong way. There's also another word that talks a little bit more. It kind of shows a different level of sin. Sin is, you know, when you you know you look at a girl with lust, or you look at a guy and, and you think, man, I just wonder, I wonder things that I shouldn't be wondering about that person. And so these are some of those things we think of, you know, mortal sin, stealing, and, and that sort of stuff. The Ten Commandments. If you know the Ten Commandments by heart, most of you probably have heard of them, and you know one one or two of them at least, and you know the ones that you've broken, I'm sure. And uh, But when we look at this, there's another word called iniquity, and that's doing something, it's, it's premeditated sin, it's living in it, and then it's also escalating. And so many of us are so guilty of, of ignoring the problem, of letting it go, and, and just like we talked about, we get to the point where we become numb because we've allowed that to continue to take root and to grow and to thrive, and that's really who we've become. And I think, first of all, we've got to confess where we've failed, where we've sinned. We've got to confess sin. That's clear in the Bible. We've got to confess that. We have to confess that to God. We also are, are taught in James to confess it to one another. And we also have to make a confession about who Christ is. And it's not just a profession. A lot of us profess Christ. A lot of us will say, I'm a Christian. But what we don't say is, I'm not a good Christian. You know, I, I fail all the time. I give God a bad name. You know, I give him a bad rap because I am a hypocrite. I do things. I say one thing on the outside and I do something completely different or I say something different when I'm really honest and open. And you know what? Number one, it's okay if you have doubts 
really of who Christ is. You have doubts about your faith. You have doubts about life. Maybe you have doubts about God. And that's okay. It's just not okay to stay in that place. You either need to grow up or you need to grow down. You need to either say you are or you need to let it go. It's you got to get off the fence on these things. If you confess your sin and you confess Christ, those are the two things to start at. The rest of it, you can confess, I'm, I'm struggling with bitterness. I'm struggling with unforgiveness. I'm struggling with just who I am. I'm struggling with my likability. Maybe I'm struggling even with my sexuality. You know, all these things, confessing those things, what's going on on the inside with someone who is good, is, is confident, someone you can trust in. You know, those are all important. But if you don't confess your sin, you don't confess who Christ is, nothing else that you say is really going to matter. It's not really going to get fixed. It's not going to change until we address those two things. That's extremely important. There's no way that we can be okay until we come to Christ. So, in order for us to even understand that, we have to understand that sin has been a problem. It's not uh, a problem that can't be solved. Christ solved it. But, but we need to admit it. The Bible tells us that everybody has sinned. So this is not something that surprises God or anybody else. But what we have to be able to do is say, I have sinned, and name it. And what happens is, then we go, and God sent his son Jesus. Now we're confessing who Jesus is. And, and, and before you know it, we understand God's love and we get to respond to it. Um, I love the fact that God never asked me to be perfect because he is. Mm-hmm. And that the bottom line really is, it isn't even about my faith, it's about his faithfulness. Yep. See, w- what I'm able to do is look at who he is and confess that mm-hmm. in the light of the reality of my sin, and I feel privileged to be his child then, rather than feeling all this pressure to live up to something I can't live up to. And that's what we're inviting you to understand, and if you don't, please contact us. Or contact HopeNet360.com and, and click on Live Coach. Remember, you can always connect with us during the week at HopeNet360 on Facebook, on our email at Hope at HopeNet360.com. So check that out for yourself. And the other the other part of Scripture, too, Titus 1.16, that's another great passage just to look up. And some really challenging words there. Let those things sink in tonight, especially as we've been talking about these two things. What are you professing on the outside? And what are your confessions? We've also set up a page, HopeNet360.com slash confession, if you'd like to just confess something to us. It's going to be completely anonymous, but if there's something tonight that you would just love to to get off your chest and tell somebody about, let's start the conversation that way, and uh, we would love to hear from you guys tonight. So for all of us, for Jeff, DW, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye.